Hi, this is Nige at the Sunday Lunch Project podcast for Sunday the 13th of September. This week we've uh, got the second part of the Chris Field interview from earlier on in the month and we'll get to find out uh, some information with the cliffhanger that we left them on. But first, a quick word from, uh, well, sponsor request really. So what's been going on for the last couple of weeks? Um, been some very interesting conversations going on just the other day. I'm absolutely delighted to um, be featured on the PMI UK Chapters website. They have a new section there called Podcasts. And if you um, want to, you can go there and listen to all the back catalogue, well, most of the back catalogue through to 2019, all in one place. Um, and... In, in addition to that, the uh, PMI UK website has a vast array of resources from events that they put on, um, many of which are free um, all around the country or, or um, at the moment uh, in virtual style, but also um, education resources, information about membership, etc., and opportunities to volunteer. So, highly recommend you pop along to there. That's pmi.org.uk, I think it is. So that's uh, the biggest bit of news. I uh, had a great interview with um, Bruce Gay earlier this week, um, which we're back at the end of the month, which is fantastic as well. Um, I have been... Um, the last couple of weeks, our children have gone back to school, so that's been a new uh, experience for us all, considering it's been almost six months since the last time they were properly at a physical school. Um... Uh, with a little ring, a few wrinkles on that. Um, we've got, uh, I've been doing a lot of decking. Um, I have a, a deck outside my house which I'd like to go to rack and ruin for some time and uh, it's needed fixing so it's been quite a big job. Uh, in fact I'm sat on it now sitting looking at a load of spiders building webs. Um, I can see at least three, two of them sorry. No, that isn't one, but um, sat in the sunshine outside, uh, which is great. That's uh, pretty much it from me. Uh, I'll let you get on with the uh, the rest of the podcast, and this uh, uh, what, what, what hopefully is an intriguing cliffhanger we left you on last time. Uh, enjoy the interview. Bye. Well, you know, the funny thing was, I was about to say, the only thing I've not got involved in is pornography. And actually, for, for reasons that we will come on to, that is not strictly true. Um, uh, and that's a very interesting story. Uh, is this... We must explain, because otherwise I can't really leave that hanging, can I? No, you can't. No. I was wondering so, whether yeah. it was that lucrative uh, um, period when you were working between universities or something like that it's a model absolutely no no so i mean william hill was great um i went in and uh, i was the first ever project manager right so it's like who is this project manager and why on earth do we need them and my job was to really make the the e-commerce department on the back of the successes that we'd had at general motors a little bit more respectable um so you know this was back in the day when you know you had webmasters that were building massive, uh, hugely successful websites, but they were kind of running them under their desk. Mm -hmm. It was all so new and fresh and and fast moving, right? So um, I think if I'm right, William Hill back then were were looking to go public or had just gone public and they needed to demonstrate that they were, you know, capable of managing, you know, reasonably complex projects. So, So I went in and um, introduced a very you know, simple methodology, introduced the team to, you know, projects having a beginning, a middle and an end, why it's important that you have a plan, um, you know, some of the, the basics. And um, I was there about a year or so, I think, um, before I before I hopped again. But no, it was a thoroughly enjoyable uh, year. And uh, it's interesting to see, actually, the guys that I was involved with back then, because they were pretty bleeding edge technologists have all moved on and now I kind of look up to them in their their roles these days you know they're all heading up 
um, you know, technology at the likes of the BBC. And uh, there's one guy who I think runs the whole of the, the Skybet operation as well. So they've, they've clearly gone on to, to much bigger and I wouldn't say better, but certainly much bigger things than, uh, than we were and when we were together back in, back in the day. But that is now, that's a good 10 years ago. So it's a while ago. Wow. So we'll come on to the, the, the thing you've left hanging. We'll, we'll keep people <laughs> listening. Um, but just thinking about the projects you've managed over your, your career. Yeah. What would, what would, what would you define as being, what, what was the largest project you did? And when, and I, you'll have heard me say it before, when I say largest, it's not necessarily a financial value or whatever. It's whatever felt the biggest thing that you did. And, and what do you think you learned from it? So I need to be a little bit careful with how much I share on this for commercial reasons. But if mm. we go with value, um, uh, but also complexity, then... I was involved in an acquisition when I was working for a company called Project One, who are a kind of small um, but very, very successful uh, mm. transformation and change consultancy. And it was a fascinating project. Uh, there were countless work streams, everything from legal through technology, through people, through change, um, everything you can possibly imagine given it was effectively one organization or one business acquiring another yeah. um, in fact it was a carve out of part of a financial services organization so it was it was huge mm. in terms of the the financial value and and the complexity but that's not necessarily the reason i'm i'm picking it because the contrast that i'm going to make is that you know regardless of whether or not i talk about the largest or the smallest project that i've been involved with my answer would broadly be the same and that is what makes the difference between the successful projects that I've been involved with and the ones frankly that I've got the most out of and, and perhaps those that have been more of a struggle have always been the the people mm. uh, and I know that sounds a little bit naff and I'm sure it's not the first time that it's been said but it, it it's so so true and I guess the best way I can explain this is that if you're working on a project with a team of people who are genuinely emotionally bought into wanting that project to be a success, then they will do whatever it takes, regardless of whether or not they understand project management, regardless of whether or not they are, you know, the best of the best. And you compare that with those situations where, you know, you think you've got the A team. And maybe you think you've got, you know, all the tools you could possibly ever imagine. And yet, you know, the team are not committed. They're not bought in for whatever reason. That magic source isn't there. And it's those projects that are the hard slog. And it's those projects that are likely to be the ones that are going to be the, uh, the biggest struggle. So it's for that reason that I say it's, um, for me anyway, it's all, about the, it's all about the people. Yeah, that's a fair point. So you say some of those projects were difficult, some of them were not so. And it's, again, even when you've got a really difficult project, having the people there, even if it's, as you say, it's a hard slog and you're hard slogging it together, yeah. you can get a lot out of that, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, sometimes you can turn them around, right? So yeah. sometimes it's that hard slog that makes the people. Yeah, so yeah true. It's not that, you know, it's an either or scenario, far from it. I mean, I can think of a couple of examples of where I've been in projects where, you know, we were really struggling and, you know, it was only because we came together that we were able to turn that around. And ultimately, not only was the project a success, but people walked away feeling that they benefited something from you know, the role that they had played in the project. Uh, and that's always nice to see, right? If people are walking away from a project and they feel that, you know, whether they've got a new skill or they feel that they've learned something new or they're just generally a better person as a result, then for me, that's a, a fantastic uh, takeaway, you know, as well as the classic, you know, have we achieved the business case? Have we achieved time, cost, quality, all that good stuff? And, uh, you know, it's those projects, and I'm sure you see this too, where you stay in touch with those people, um, you know, whether it's Facebook, whether it's LinkedIn, you know, whether it's, you know, old fashioned you know, telephone, 
um, it tends to be those projects where you've absolutely clicked yeah. um, and you know you've delivered something special and it's felt special and that buzz has been there um, where you stay in touch yeah uh, there are others right thankfully i don't have many of them you know where you run for the hills and you know you frankly you know never want to speak to you know the uh, the the individuals that were involved uh, again and and actually um uh, i can't really think of very many certainly in my uh past where where that's been the case but i'm sure we all have a few in our in our closet yeah i think you're right and i i think you you will um it, and, and that's it. I think that's it. It's, it's not just project. It's it's roles. It's jobs. It's departments. There will be scenarios where the um, the the situation creates an environment where that culture can't become what it needs to be. Um, and it kind of rem- flicks me to the, the the stuff that Colin Ellis was talking about around the culture. The fact that as a manager or a, or a as a project manager or as a line manager or as an organizational manager you can't drive a culture you can put you can have uh, i can't remember the, what the words he used but it really i find it really interesting the fact that you've got um you can have a really good team who work really well together or a really good cultural um basis and a really solid but don't actually achieve very much <laughs> because but, but whilst as a group they're they're solid and their culture is brilliant but actually getting stuff done isn't always going to be easy to do and it, it's it's funny how you can get a culture can have a great group of people and just have one person in it, it can break it whether that be break that from a point of view of um to break it to be a better culture for achieving things or break a good culture to be a bad one and it's really weird to understand how, as a PM, how you can influence those as well. Well, I, I think it's curious, isn't it? Because I mean, culture for me is 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 massive, and we could spend, you know, hours talking only about the the topic of of culture. But I, I think this is where, you know, the the question as to whether or not a project manager is a manager or whether they're a a leader is is fundamental. So. Yeah, you know, those environments where you know all that is asked of the project manager is to is to manage, and and to tick the box, um, if you like. Um, you know, those for me are the situations where, you know, perhaps you know uh, the team will, will 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 maybe struggle more than you know those situations where you know the project manager considers themselves to be more of a leader and, and provides the space and the support. For the team to, you know, find um, find that 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 secret source, or or find the the culture that works for them. And I guess, you know, one of the things that I've always seen as a as a key element of a, a project manager's role is is exactly that. It's it's providing the uh, the space and and providing the the, the support necessary to um, to bring that team together. Um, it's the classic, you know, if a project manager thinks that they're the best, most capable um, expert on a project team, um, for me, that's, you know, not necessarily um, the, the right approach. You know, for me, the, the role of the project manager is, is to recognize that their role is, is to surround themselves with those best, those most capable individuals in their fields and provide the support and the space for them to be successful. Now, is that the role of a project manager or is that the role of, you know, uh, someone else um, to be discussed? Well, I, I think it's it, it, it's fundamentally for me one of the differences between those projects that, you know, out and out succeed and those that, you know, struggle on and get by. Yeah, I agree. And I think that by, by doing that, I think you, you've kind of got to... Um, as you say, with the managers, that the command and control um, approach, sometimes it will maybe get you those time, cost, quality elements. But identifying where you've got opportunities for these really good people to continue to grow, for the people who are coming in who who have the potential to be leaders in the organisation to find them a chance to grow. And I think it's in. It, it, I think 
I've always kind of thought that if someone's working to me, not necessarily for me, but within the project team, that they need, it's important for me to help them leave the project better equipped for the next project than they arrived at the project I, that I'm managing. And I think if, if all um, project leadership roles do that, and, and I, th I think a lot of people do, um, it, it, it makes it better for everyone. And that, that fact that you can, it feels that you, you're, everyone wants to grow a bit, everyone wants to learn something new, everyone wants to take controlled, but a little bit more risk than what they've got. Because at the end of the day, if you've got someone doing a piece of work that's the same old, same old, same old, same old every time, doesn't help them, doesn't help you, doesn't help the organisation, does it? It doesn't help society. No, absolutely. I think that that that's spot on. And I think you are right. I think, you know, uh, most, well, I like to think most project managers absolutely see that as part of their role. I think maybe where there's work to be done is um, educating those outside of the role mm. that it's a part of what we do. Uh, I yeah. think, you know, unfortunately, too often, you know, project managers are seen as, um, you know, the the plan jockey. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, that's a shame because most people didn't go into the project management profession to do that. Most went in um, because, you know, they, they see a much broader opportunity. So I, I think that needs to be well recognized. And I, I think we need to play to, to people's strengths more uh, more than sometimes is the case. Yeah, I agree. So looking here, you talked about some of the pieces of work you've done, all the different interesting, exciting stuff. Let's get on to something a bit more meaty. What was the biggest screw up that you've uh, you've managed or done? Maybe not managed as a project manager, but your biggest screw up in your professional life. And, and what did you learn from that? Or did you just, did you just keep on making that mistake? <laughs> So this is the uh, this is the classic exam question where there's an awkward silence where we try and dream something up that sounds credible, yeah. Um, because we try and erase those things from our memory banks, right? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so now you're going to have the awkward silence while I try and think of something credible. Um, so uh, biggest screw up, goodness me. Um, let me think. Can I cheat and say, can we come back to that? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. That's it's not that I haven't fine. got them. It's just that I can't think of no, a good example. I'm sure I, know I, I don't I know. want to, uh, I don't want to sit here and sound as though, you know what? There's never been such a thing. What a ridiculous question. Cause clearly that's not the case. I'm just trying to think of a sensible example to, uh, to discuss. Yeah. It's not a problem. Not a problem at all. So uh, while, while you're thinking of that, you may, this may help fuel it anyway. So, um, on, on the kind of flip side of that, what, what would you say is your proudest well there's two things proudest project delivery so of all those projects you've done which one you kind of sit there and think yeah that one made me feel yeah getting that over the line me and the team brill and but but and also what was your proudest project achievement which not necessarily the delivery of the project itself but during the execution of a project what would you say would be your the proudest achievement that you've done had so I, I think, um, I mean, I've got lots of uh, kind of memories of, of projects where I've walked away thinking, you know, I really enjoyed that experience and, uh, you know, the team hopefully uh, did too. Uh, and for me, that's, you know, the, 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 the sort of key measure. Um, I guess it's, it's kind of taken for granted to some extent that, you know, we, we successfully delivered the project. There will have been ups and downs, but... You know, if, if the team walk away, um, you know, feeling that we've achieved something, I think that for me is 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 key. Um, but there is one, and I'm really, to this day, still not entirely sure why this one always stands out in in these sorts of conversations. But there was a there was a project um, I was involved with um, for a large utility company um, when I was working at um, at TCS Tata. I spent 13 years or so working with with TCS and um, it was a really mixed team. So we had the customer, um, so the utility company, we had TCS, we had a number of um, other um, third party suppliers, all kind of in the mix. And um, it goes back to something that we talked about earlier, but for some reason we all kind of came together and we left our, 
are kind of badges at the door, if you like, and yeah. really um, just you know put the the project first. And I was the I was the the program manager, in fact, on this. So we had a, a couple of other project managers that were involved, and. Um, the experience that, that we had as a team was such that, you know, kind of goes without saying that we, you know, delivered the project um, eventually, not without some challenges. But, you know, we've absolutely, you know, stayed in touch. Uh, a number of people uh, remain very close personal friends uh, to this day. There are a number of the team that, um, you know, are now kind of, you know, mentor, mentee, and, and that has continued. Um, and it was on several levels. So I think the team um, just really hit it off because, one, um, we had some very, very capable people. So there's no denying that you know, capability was was a factor. Um, but everyone shared you know, a, a real uh, sort of commitment um, to uh, delivering the, uh, the project. But I think above all else, and, and this is a funny sort of thing to say, um, everyone shared the same sense of, of fun and you know recognized that yes everyone was prepared to to work really hard and, and boy we worked hard uh, but in that you know there was still time for you know people uh, to to enjoy themselves and, and and build you know what have become you know close professional and, and personal uh, relationships I mean it's a, it's a slightly unprofessional example but it might give you uh, a silly sense of the um, the relationship. So um, uh, it was a uh, actually it was an SAP implementation. So you know inevitably with these things they tend to be quite large uh, cutover windows. Mm. So this thing was over a over a weekend, um, and we actually had um, an indoor um, kind of nonstop cricket uh, competition um, running the entire duration of the cutover. Um, effectively just to keep people's spirits up and uh, provide some sort of, you know, silly outlet effectively, um, you know, probably breaking you know, no end of rules, um, you know, having this thing going in the corridor whilst we're also deeply committed to getting this, this cut over over the, uh, over the line. But I think it was just the, um, the camaraderie and the, um, yeah, I guess, shared values really that the team had that made such a, a massive difference. And there were some silly things that we did. You know, the textbooks tell you that it's important to have, you know, team names and, and project logos and T-shirts with, you know, the, the name of the project on. Well, we actually did most of those things. Um, and, you know, I was a little bit cynical. Um, but the funny thing is that actually, um, when all said and done, it was by far one of the most successful projects that... Uh, um, certainly, I've been involved with. So, you know, there must be some method in the in, in the madness. Yeah, I think I think it, you, with well, those sort of things, you've got your um, that 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 um, and and not the same but similar. I've I've seen, but you create that shared identity, and as you yep. say, that that shared identity of the project, that that smaller group um, in the sort of like um, you know the organisational theories and all that it's you you form groups anyway and that's what we do naturally as humans and if you've got something that you can hook around you as a group if you're from a big organization like tata a big organization from from uh, i guess you'd have sap there or from the, the the customer organization those those big organizations you not feel part as an individual as part of that group and this subgroup of being this project um by by doing those things you talk about there kind of creates that um connection doesn't it and then you become like that's my my latest group that i'm with like your football team like your friends that you go to the pub with on a tuesday and play in the dart team or whatever Do you, you know what i mean it's, it's it's another one of those and by investing that time in creating that group um that that's what that's where you get the payback don't you and that culture absolutely but, with, but without forcing it if you like yeah, and, and I think, look, I mean, we're, we're talking a little bit about um, sort of my experiences and, and, and inevitably, you know, a lot of that is, is, is about project management. And I, and I think, you know, just to stress that um, for me, you know, on that particular project, 
part of uh, the role of the project manager is about you know looking for ways in which to make that happen so the reason i you know consider that to be one of my successes is that you know um there was no rocket science but you know creating the environment in which projects can be successful is a term i use an awful lot in in several different ways whether i'm you know describing the role of a pmo or whether i'm describing the role of a project manager but but ultimately that's really what it comes down to for me and i think that 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 that's you know for me a way of kind of summing up the um the role that we all play when it comes to to project management it's about you know spotting opportunities to create that environment no matter what that might be you know whether it's introducing a level of fun whether it's sending a bunch of people on a training course whether it's finding somebody different because someone doesn't fit or they don't have the skills that that that's what project management is about um for for me uh, it, it's not the um i hate to say it again but it's not the the tick box mentality um which which you know is is kind of almost taken for granted um as a as a hygiene factor for me you know it, someone shows up you know they need to be able to run a plan that's not yeah. what it's about um that that was the first question i think you asked a, a second question around um it, it, was around, it was around um sort of like not from a project delivery just your proudest achievement in in projects in in your career so, so whether that might have been the mentoring of one person that might have been i don't know do you know what i mean it could be anything yeah so so th th this this is um so i'm going to take the opportunity to um uh, to uh, i guess introduce the um uh, the pmi role um we've not really spent an awful lot of time well it's good because that's my next question anyway all right okay so <laughs> so um I, often when i talk about my role with pmi i i describe it that my my my, my, my day job is project management and my my hobby is project management and my passion is also project management um which is kind of sad um, <laughs> and i accept that um, well, but unfortunately there aren't any kind of project management anonymous clubs that i can go to um so, so the next best thing was the pmi yeah. uh so uh basically um as you mentioned in the introduction i've been involved with pmi for 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 uh, a scary number of years now. I think I originally joined when I was at General Motors, so Vauxhall, uh, about 20 years ago. Um, and I've been volunteering ever since. Um, currently, I am the uh, chair, and I prefer the term chair to president. I know you mentioned this earlier, but I think yeah. president sounds a little bit grandiose. Um, so so I, I, where I can, I use the, the term chair rather than, than president. But I, I look after the PMI UK chapter. So we have about... 3,000, slightly more than 3,000 members in the UK. Um, and effectively, uh, as many people will uh, know, we we run uh, kind of networking events. We are heavily involved in uh, promoting uh, professional development and, and promoting project management, um, both individually and uh, to organizations. Uh, and really, um, that has to you know be my my sort of overall proudest achievement in in project management um because of the the contribution i think that we have made collectively as a as a uk chapter to to project management um in in the uk and perhaps just to break that down a little bit um in terms of specifics um certainly some of the things that we've done whilst i've been uh, responsible for the for the chapter, we we introduced uh, ten years or so ago now um, a uh, an event uh, called Synergy. Um, so Synergy was uh, introduced as a a celebration of the contribution that project management makes, um, frankly, to to all of our daily lives in, in in various ways. You know whether it's you know standing up the Nightingale hospitals as we've seen recently. That's ultimately project management. Mm -hmm. um, you know whether it's you know smaller but nonetheless equally significant projects. Um, again, you know project management is is involved. So um, we set synergy up about ten years ago, and it's run every year since. Um, it's kind of a flagship event. I think it's reasonably well known now within the profession as one of the kind of um, flagship annual events that uh, the profession. Uh, runs uh, and we've had you know anything up to 
you know, 750, 800 people um, attend in, in, in previous years. And, you know, we've had all manner of people come along and, and, and speak. We've had uh, Princess Anne has attended um, in the past, uh, Ken Livingstone, um, so you know, the past mayor of London, you'll, you'll remember, um, and all sorts of, um, you know, uh, kind of household names. Um, so I'm, I'm particularly proud of, of that. And, and more recently, we, um, we introduced the uh, PMI UK uh, National Project Awards. Um, some would say not before time. It's uh, something we've talked about for a very long time. But last year we ran them for the first, uh, the first time uh, ever. Uh, so they were held in London. We had something approaching 200 people attend, and we we ran a, a kind of black tie formal award uh, ceremony, recognising the contribution that uh, project management has made um, both in the public and the private sectors. Um, we're running the awards again uh, this year. Uh, so it was a, uh, well, certainly it was considered a, a success. Uh, we partnered with PwC uh, last year and I'm, I'm delighted that PwC um, considered the awards last year enough of a success to partner with us again this year. Uh, in fact, they've increased their involvement. So I've, I've got, right. you know, nothing but uh, gratitude for, for their support. Um, and this year, in actual fact, in, in many ways, it's more important. Um, and if I can you know, use this as a, a little bit of an opportunity to, to, to promote what we're, oh, we're absolutely. doing. Absolutely. Um, so uh, we have introduced uh, an additional award this year, um, which frankly is uh, way, way more important than um, perhaps the other awards, not to demean them anyway, in, in any way. And, and that is we, we want to recognize the contribution that project management has made to the last sort of six months or so. Um, so kind of the, the, the COVID-19 um, situation. So we've actually called it the COVID-19 Response Award. And we're, we're encouraging uh, nominations uh, from you know, all walks of life. Uh, I mentioned a couple of examples earlier of the sorts of things that uh, might be might be relevant, and and we absolutely want to recognise um, those projects that have have made a you know considerable contribution in very difficult circumstances over this last sort of six months or so. Um, so really pleased that we're able to run the awards again this year, and even more pleased that we're able to, in a small way, um, you know, recognise the contribution that um, the project management and and, and organisations have made uh, in this uh, in the last uh, this last six months. So um, uh, nominations are open now. Um, we will be judging the awards this year, but for obvious reasons, we'll be running the award uh, ceremony in March of uh, of next year. And I, I'm delighted, actually, that um, uh, this year, uh, or rather March of next year, uh, PwC um, have agreed to to host uh, the awards um, on their premises in uh, in central London. Um, so really looking forward to that and, and 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 genuinely optimistic that we can use it as an opportunity to recognize and uh, thank um, some of the projects that have made such a contribution over the uh, over the last, as I say, the last the last few months. So um, uh, I guess, you know, it's a long answer to, to a short question, um, but that's probably the, um, the contribution that I'm most proud of over the last, uh, over the last uh, 20 odd years, not least because um, effectively, um, unbeknownst to me when I agreed to do this all those years ago, um, it amounts to what is effectively a second full-time job, <laughs> if the truth be told. Um, so evening and weekend is, is, is PMI uh, work. And then uh, evening, weekend, and daytime is is day job. Uh, so you you can imagine trying to squeeze uh, everything in is uh, sometimes a little bit of a, a challenge. Yeah, and I, and I know that we, when we've talked over LinkedIn at different times, on there's always been uh, one or a hundred things that you've been juggling at the same time. And then uh, seeing that you've got, I know you were presenting at certain things. I know you're um, judging the global PMO. Alliance Awards is it and and things like that so you're you're uh, as I said at the beginning you're I said it in the UK as a 
a mover and shaker in the project management world internationally you are obviously recognized as well and the passion that you have certainly when I came on in November down to the uh, the, the synergy and I'm, I'm kind of ashamed but I understand why I didn't um this first time I'd been to one um but absolutely gutted that there, there won't be one this year because I kind of gone right I need to reserve November um to be down at the next synergy event because I found it absolutely incredible um the 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 information the passion and the people was was um was just re I really sort of you know sometimes these kind of events you need, they give you a shot in the arm um where you and and kind of make you think actually i'm not i'm not alone because it can be a lonely even with a group of other project managers sometimes it can be a quite of a lonely sort of thing but getting input from other people and just being able to catch up with people that in that instance i hadn't caught up with with yourself and with, with the likes of gordon and um actually november has created quite a few interviewees for this podcast so um, yeah, that uh, that synergy event was very very critical for this year. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm me. I'm absolutely delighted that that you think that, and uh, there'll be many people that will um, perhaps uh, not appreciate what I'm uh, about to say, but I I think um, one of the reasons that we're perhaps not running synergy um, this year, and, and it's nothing to do with COVID, is that in some ways um, it, it's kind of run its course. So um, we set it up 10 years ago. And when we set it up, um, there really wasn't anything quite like it. And I talked about, you know, 750, 800 people attending and, and we've seen numbers um, decline. So certainly in November last year, we um, we didn't have anything like that. It was probably uh, 300, maybe 400 at the very best. So um I think, you know, at the moment we are doing some soul searching in terms of how we move it on. Um, one of the things that we like to think that we can do as the PMI uh, UK chapter is we can we we can innovate and we can be quite disruptive um, because when all this said and done, we're a, a group of volunteers. Um, we're very fortunate that we are funded by by PMI to do what we do. Um, but we don't have the commercial pressures um, that, that, that many organizations do. So um, we, we like to take advantage of that and, and, and consider ourselves to be um, you know, kind of a little bit more flexible, a little bit more nimble, if you like, in, in terms of what we do. And uh, in terms of synergy, when we originally set it up uh, 10 years ago, and I'll, I'll never forget where and when, um, there were three of us um, sat in a bar in in milan of all places um, well, all the, the best not, all the best like, ideas come from three people <laughs> yeah. um, but but the aspiration was and this is where synergy comes from is that we wanted synergy to be a forum for uh, not just pmi but for the um effectively the the round table of of professional bodies that have an interest in project management um so you know, back to you know King Arthur's sort of round table, we expected or hoped that you know, PMI, APM, uh, RICS, BCS um, would all back the event. And, um, you know, despite best efforts to uh, promote that um, as the vision, um, unfortunately, we've, we've not quite uh, nailed that um, in, in, in 10 years of running the event. So, um, I, I think, you know, what we're now doing is is reflecting on where we go next. Um, clearly, the awards are something new and fresh. We brought those in uh, last year. They will continue. Um, we are now in the process of trying to, um, I guess, come up with, um, you know, the the, the 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 child, if you will, of uh, of synergy. So um, whether that's, you know, Synergy 2.0 or whether it's something completely different, um, who knows? But uh, I think, you know, ultimately what we're trying to do is to provide a platform to promote project management and promote the profession first. And it just so happens that we're using our role as the PMI UK chapter to do that. Um, certainly what we don't want to do is flip that paradigm if you like and use it solely as a vehicle to promote the uh the pmi chapter because that's not what we're about what we're about is is promoting the profession 
and, and putting the profession first ahead of any of the politics that may come of you know, being a part of one of a number of different uh, professional bodies. Yeah, and I think I think I, I get that. It's, it's the that whole um, the the different professional bodies, and that each professional body has a, a mindset of where they want to go and what they see as the value and how they can add to it. And I, I quite often have the conversation with people when they've asked me, and I uh, which one's best, and it's kind of that's kind of uh, it, it's it's not the right question. <laughs> uh, is 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 the is what I would say to people on those it's kind of depending on what you want it all the answers always depends but all of them do a fantastic job at trying to move the um, project management profession to be better and give more tools give more knowledge more get better project management out there and better project management results and um, I think that it, the um, I've seen some of the things that you've got on there is that obviously on a lot of the events that you run, whilst they're run by the UK chapter, and then this is probably something just to say to people is that check out the UK chapter because there are events there that are just open to anyone, certainly in this virtual time that you just say, right, come along and you promote other events, say, just come along. And I know that lots of these events now are getting to the point where it's um, it, there's some valuable stuff for people to get information from. And without necessarily being a member of the PMI or a member of the chapter, and it kind of supports that that um, the goal that you have of lifting all the ships, isn't it? A rising tide lifts all ships, doesn't it? Well, absolutely. I mean, we um, we we've been, um, I suppose, you know, very uh, lucky, if that's the right word, over the course of the last few months, in that we have a very successful program of um, online or, or digital events. Um, that existed before COVID, but we had the platform and the um, the ability to to ramp that up pretty quickly. Um, so again, this has all been done by by our volunteers uh, and and certainly one or two individuals in particular. So we've been able to move from the kind of um, sort of physical events that we ran to running a program of digital events very very quickly. Um, and, and, and benefited from that in the sense that we have now become, and, and this was never planned, but we've become something of a flagship amongst um, certainly PMI chapters as to how to run a successful uh, program of online events. Um, and, and through that uh, and the connections that we've made, um, you're right that we've now been able to uh, actually combine forces uh, and the best example that I can give of that is that we are now part of a uh, seven-way uh, collaboration of, of chapters um, around the world who've come together um, to offer uh, online events completely free of charge to anyone who frankly cares to to join them. And uh, I mean, the chapters are a little bit of a mixed bag. So we've got uh, Mumbai, uh, we've got the Czech Republic, we've got the Netherlands, uh, South Africa, uh, South Florida, the UK, uh, and Sri Lanka. Um, so, you know, massively diverse in terms of where we are and, you know, frankly, time zones, which is a bit of a headache. But um, the interesting thing that we all have in common is that, you know what, we just want to do what's right for the profession. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that we're not making any uh, commercial gain from this. Um, it's costing a lot of volunteer time to make it happen. Um, but what we are seeing is a massive uptick in demand um, for these events, uh, so much so that we've had to um, actually invest in a, a considerably uh, larger um, license <laughs> such that everyone who wants to join these events is able to do so. So uh, whilst it's free of charge to um, the individuals that join these events, um, we've made a considerable investment in terms of, you know, uh, the platform uh, such that everyone who wants to join uh, can do so. And, and frankly, yeah, that's a fantastic example for me of what a professional body should be about. Um, we're not trying to sell anything. Um, we're certainly not trying to charge admission. Um, it's all about bringing like-minded individuals together who want to learn and, and to grow the project management profession. So, I mean, it's fantastic to watch this happen. 
and uh, see the number of chapters get involved. And of course, that's one of the benefits that PMI has um, as a global organization um, in terms of being able to bring different communities together from, from all over the world and, and do this sort of thing. Um, and there are very few organizations out there who are really in a, in a position to do that. Mm. Yeah, I see that. Well, um, I'm coming to my last few questions now. So my, these are my kind of last bit, bits of nuggets. And what's the last project management book that you've read? Um, I'm a terrible reader. Um, so I, I, I have all best intentions when it comes to reading books. And uh, unfortunately, I, I, I uh, the honest truth is I've moved to audible books. Um, so, That's reading as far as I'm concerned. Uh, uh, but you know, the admission is that I really get beyond, you know, the first chapter before I, I, I nod off. Um, <laughs> so so they, they're, they're great therapy, but uh, not particularly educational. Um, uh, the the um, No Word of a Lie, uh, and, and Peter will, will love me for this. The last book, project management book anyway, that I read cover to cover uh, was the, the Lazy Project Manager by Peter, Peter Taylor. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, some time ago, you know, I didn't, I didn't, you know, do that, you know, well, I, it would have been, you know, two, three years back. Um, and funnily enough, just as we're talking, I've just, I've just reached for it from the bookshelf. And uh, I've got a, I've got a signed copy from, from Peter here of the, uh, of the book. Um, yeah. which uh, I won't forget, he, uh, he was selling at the back of one of our Synergy uh, conferences out of a cardboard box back <laughs> in the day when, when no one really knew who he was. And, uh, <laughs> of course, he's, he's gone on to bigger and better things since, and um, good luck to him. But, no, that was the, that was the last book that, um, that I certainly managed cover to cover. And uh, if you haven't read it, then I would absolutely recommend it because um, if I can get to the end, then that says an awful lot about, um, how easy it is to read, but um, it's kind of stuck with me as well in terms of some of the advice. So, yeah. uh, very much recommend uh, that um, that you uh, you take a look if you haven't done so already. Yeah, I, I completely echo that sentiment. Um, what about the last project management podcast that you listened to? Um, so, uh, the last project management podcast. Um, so, I guess truth be told. Did a little bit of research in terms of the sorts of questions that you might be asking me. <laughs> uh, and I, get, I guess you get this a lot. Um, so um, the podcast that you did with, with Gordon, um, Gordon McKellar, um, who's a good friend of mine, actually. Um, so, so Gordon, uh, great guy, um, one of the uh, role models um, from, uh, from PMI uh, in the UK. When I, uh, when I joined all those years ago, 20 years ago as a volunteer, um, Gordon was um, on the board of the uh, the PMI UK chapter running events up and down the the UK and uh, to be honest I'm not sure that we've ever really emulated the the quality of event uh, and the rigor that he put into those events um, from way back uh, so uh, I'm delighted that actually uh, recently he's um, he's got back involved mm. so uh, yeah that was that was the last uh, podcast yeah, uh, project management related and and again that 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 interview was off the back of synergy gordon and i were on the uk chapter on the midlands area many years ago 15 years ago whatever it was and we discovered that we lived um about six miles from each other right at, at the time and we said oh we'll have to go and have a coffee something or a pint yeah and then 15 years later at synergy we had a pint <laughs> together um <laughs> talking, i didn't realize there'd been 15 years between yeah. the first conversation we, and that yeah. well we'd had kind of odd odd um linkedin chats every so often but very very infrequent and uh yeah we we chatted away and it was kind of like oh yeah yeah and we've we subsequently been out and had a couple of beers and i managed to persuade him to come on the podcast because he was didn't really want to be on it but yeah it was uh that, again that was a, a very brilliant part of synergy um what's the last project management blog that you've read um ah ah so that's interesting so until recently i probably wouldn't have had an answer but um as it happens i've been doing a little bit of research these past couple of days and actually gone back to um an old friend of mine and uh, checked out her her blog so I've actually been looking at um, Elizabeth Herron's 
um, blogs. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, Elizabeth um, runs a, a sort of project management blog, or in fact, various blogs. And uh, one of hers, um, specifically stakeholder management, is something that I've been looking at the past couple of days. So um, it would have been um, one of hers. I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of the actual blog to give her a bit of a, a plug. I think it's, um, it's the Guide to Project Management, yeah, but I don't want to get guide to- into of trouble by calling it something and then realizing that it's completely wrong and totally sexist. But I think I'm right in saying it's the it girl's is. side to project management. Yeah, it is. I think yeah. I think she had some name changes on some stuff that she was doing, but I think you can still get to it from that. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, I have a final question. Go on. Um, but we still haven't heard your teaser answer to your teaser, so... <laughs> what uh, if you can incorporate it in your answer or not tell us and leave us hanging till another interview in a few years Hello, i have to absolutely qualify my earlier comment <laughs> go on then qualify your earlier comment and then i'll ask you my last question okay so last uh, two questions sorry all right i'm conscious that we're probably overrunning so I'll, I'll keep this brief but um so far we've talked about beer we've talked about cars we've talked about betting and we've talked about makeup um, so we talked a little bit about pornography and the fact that you know, that would clearly be the next obvious career move. Um, so in reality, um, I spent um, about 12 months working for a uh, fairly small but highly successful uh, streaming video company. And the story is as follows. Um, I joined to actually head up their project management organization, uh, which I did. Um, but I was also asked by the the owner of the company, who happened to be the, the chief exec, whether or not I would um, help him out in terms of uh, getting involved with a small part of the business over in North America, which was uh, struggling. So I spent a little bit of time over in uh, Atlanta, in fact, in, in North America. And turns out that the, the business unit um, was a subscriber-based uh, streaming video product a little bit like youtube but this was um corporate so you know if you're a large corporation and you want to stream video then you could subscribe to the platform and we would provide the service and of course this is where the the link comes in uh the two biggest customers that the organization had had in the past i stress in the past had been um one the um evangelist uh, community in North America, so streaming the kind of evangelists, um, so the religious evangelists, um, and the second, of course, uh, I say of course, um, was uh, streaming of of, of, of pornography. Um, now, thankfully, before I arrived, um, and, and no word of a lie, before I arrived, um, they had got out of the porn industry. Um, uh, but you can imagine, um, I mean, this 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 beggar's belief. But we we literally built, whilst I was working for the organisation, a a monitoring centre, um, a video monitoring centre, a bit like you know the, uh, uh, I guess the uh, the scenes you see of ITV and BBC where they have banks and banks and banks and banks of of, of TV screens, where you're monitoring um, shows that are being broadcast and the quality of what's being broadcast in terms of the signal. Um, so we built one of these things. And, and, and a comment that was made to me um, when we were doing this was, can you only imagine the difficulty that we had where we had people in there trying to monitor religious programs at the same time as monitoring, well, you know what? So um, that's the link in terms of the, um, the industry that will... Uh, not get another mention because we've mentioned it uh, way too many times. But uh, just for the record, I would like to state that there is a link, but uh, thankfully they had got out of that business long before I was involved. <laughs> Fair enough. So as a final couple of questions, what would you, what would your top tip be for a seasoned PM that's out there? Uh what would my top tip to goodness me? So I think um, what I would probably say, and I hadn't written anything down or really considered this, so I'm going to share the first thing that comes into my head, which is probably 
the um, the most honest way of approaching this. I, I would say um, it's about listening um, to to your team. And I know I've talked a lot about people, and I've talked a little bit about culture, and, and how important that is. Certainly in my experience, um, I'm not a great listener. Um, I've been told that many times. I recognise that that's not perhaps a strength, but I also recognise um, uh, how important it can be. So I guess both personally and professionally, um, my my recommendation would be, you know, listen to your team because they're your eyes and ears. And you know, if there's a concern or you know if they're telling you something, uh, the chances are um, you know there's something in it. Uh, and I think you know sometimes there's a, a a risk that you know project manager knows best, and actually, um, in my opinion, that's that's rarely the case. You know, if, if I one day write a book, and hopefully no one will steal this now that I'm going to share this, um, it would probably be titled you know project manager knows best. <laughs> um, uh, of course, ironically, because in my view, uh, that's very rarely the case. Yeah, I you you've kind of thrown an image of of um, the mother in Tangled singing that now, and you in a long <laughs> wig sing doing that, but that's that's just me. Um, I think I'll leave that to my my eight year old daughter. She's the she's the singer, not me. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so the last question um, on that um, first project or early projects that you started working on for um, kind of the Procter and Gamble, wasn't it, or or maybe the the Whitbread ones, um, your first day when you realise you're doing project management, what 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 would you your advice be to you now? What would you say to yourself then? Um, this is going to be a really boring answer, but I think I'm going to repeat myself um, in terms of the uh, the kind of the, the listen more, talk less. Uh, mantra um only because someone actually told me <laughs> after my first day that might be a good idea yeah. fair <laughs> enough so just just that just piqued me i don't know if uh the way the phrasing that you use that have you been watching the hamilton musical by any chance on uh, disney i haven't my, my wife in fact my my, my family yeah. generally other than me seem to be obsessed with it because we we, we really are all obsessed disney. as well I, I must admit, I, I perhaps I should, because seemingly it's far better than I'm giving it credit for, but I haven't really paid an awful lot of attention, no. It's, 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 sorry, it's just what you've obviously, through um, through osmosis, picked up that line because it, it, one of the lines in the song is, uh, uh, it is almost identical to what you said. Oh, really? Talk, talk less, listen more. I'm starting to feel that we need to create a project management musical here we, we've talked a couple of times about you know, ways in which that might work so perhaps I have that's a, a, another angle of this it would yeah <laughs> i have a couple of songs in my uh, in my second book that could be used so there you go <laughs> <laughs> and and i'm and i'm potentially working on some more so um that is all my questions um chris thank you so much for giving me so much time i really appreciate it it's been an absolutely fascinating interview um, and I, I know that obviously P PMI is, is your, and, and the project management profession is your, your passion and, and, um, you light up even more when you start talking about it. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, want to find out more about the PMI UK chapter, get involved with it, maybe volunteering, whatever, what's the best contact details to get hold of you, uh, and find out more? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, we, uh, have a website. And uh, I'd probably suggest that that's a good place to to start. Um, so the uh, the PMI UK chapter website is uh, pmi.org.uk, and don't forget the .uk because uh, you will find yourself on the global website otherwise. So uh, pmi.org.uk is um, a good place to start. There's some. Uh, some contact details on there and, and please do by all means reach out um, you know, if there's anything I've said that, that interests anyone um, or you just want to find out more about what we do um, at, uh, at PMI then 
by all means, feel free to reach out and I'm very happy to uh, to point you in the right direction. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Chris. You're an absolute star and um, uh, have a wonderful evening. No, thank you. It's been it's been enjoyable. Um, we should do this more often. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that wraps up this week's episode. Thanks, uh, Chris, again, for sharing your time with us. Um, and I hope you all enjoyed that. And I'm sure you did enjoy that uh, interview. Uh, the next one is uh, Bruce Gay. And that'll be in a couple of weeks. So uh, if you haven't, hit subscribe. And then you'll automatically get that in your uh, in your hopper when, you, uh, when it comes out. Um, as ever, uh, if you want to support the show, the usual routes, uh, please share with your friends. Biggest one, get more people listening, would be brilliant. Um, if you what, think you would like to write a review on a platform you'll listen, pop onto uh, whatever it is and just give us a lovely five-star review. Review would be beautiful. Um, you can grab a copy of one of my books, which will help pay for stuff as well. And uh, we have the Patreon page, which you can uh, contribute to also um if that's great any of those most welcome but um more importantly if you come back next time and have a listen again so that's all for me and have a great rest of your day bye well it's goodbye from me nigel creaser and it's goodbye from him the sunday lunch pm goodbye